Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. I'm thinking of a key word this year, and that word is multiply, but please don't let your mind wander in thinking it's about winning souls only. So with that in mind, I want to remind you what God told Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, what? Go and multiply. When I married uh, Luke and Ashley yesterday, I kind of said that, but maybe, I don't know, God might have other plans for them, but I said, go and multiply now. You have permission. If you remember, the word of God grew and multiplied. That is the seed. There were many seeds. They multiplied and the harvest was plentiful. So there was multiplication there. This passage that's on my mind this morning is kind of the passage for the year, for myself and for you, to bring glory to God. And that passage is found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Not only do I want your plans and success to be multiplied this year, your family's growing, perhaps your portfolio growing, and perhaps your salary grows and multiplies, and, um, but... How about your plans for 2021? The success of your plans, I would love for God to multiply those successes. And that's found in Proverbs chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes about their plans, their ways, but the Lord examines their motives. Here's the key verse for the year. Commit your actions to the Lord. We'll talk about that more in a moment. And your plans will succeed. Sounds like a prosperity gospel. Not at all. One more verse from that chapter Verse 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I want to go back to that key verse again. Commit your plans or commit your ways. The actual Greek interpretation is this. Roll God's way, your plans, your work, your family, your marriage, your spending habits, your vacation plans, roll them God's way. Commit your ways unto the Lord. Then your plans will succeed. How would you like many of your plans to succeed for 2021? So Proverbs reminds us exactly how we go about doing that. Beginning in verse 1, if you're looking at our outline, Proverbs 16.1, to, to man belongs the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. In a different translation, we can make our plans, but the final outcome 
is in God's hands. And so if you're taking notes, God gives the right answers to our plans. You see, not to consider God in your planning would be very foolish. All of us who have read the Bible recall the rich man. It wasn't because he was rich that he was condemned, but he made no plans for God, yet he was making plans to retire, and all that he had, he, he planned to store it up for himself and put it in the bank and use it only for himself. What was God's reply to him? You fool, you're going to die tonight. And whose wealth will that be then? So not including God in your plans would be a foolish thing to do. God wants you to consider him in your planning. Consider God in your plans. Here's what the rich man forgot about in James chapter 4. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. And we will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say in your planning, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise... You are boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. <laughs> Another tendency is at the last minute to ask God to bless plans that you've never brought to him. That's something we want to be very careful in doing. God wants to bless your plans. You know, I thought about this, and I started thinking about as we first got married, as we celebrated our 39th anniversary last year, 39 years, my wife has put up with me. And uh, I, I remember our journey and every repair we brought to God in prayer. Every vacation we brought to God those plans. Every pair of shoes we bought, we brought to God in prayer. Do you remember that? those who've been married a little while, it seems like almost every decision we made, we brought to God in prayer. And many of us experience the glory and the work of God. Now we got a paycheck coming in, a good secure job, money in the bank. Are you talking to God about how you spend that money now? Hmm. When you had very little, you went to God and you wanted him to multiply that seed that you sowed, that plan that you made. You wanted God to supply your needs. What about going to God with your plans on how you spend your money and we're not talking about just tithes and offerings? Hmm. You could make a purchase. Uh, you know, I'd like to have a nice boat out there on the, on the seas in case something happens, I can get out of Florida. I'd like, to, I'd like to have that. In fact, I thought of selling our house and doing what one of my friends is doing. They're actually going to live on the boat with a set of twins. Oh, boy. My wife said, no. Or, or buying an RV. Now I don't have to worry about anything. I can take off and go anywhere I want. But I need to take those plans to God 
and see what he has to say because he actually has the final say. Now think about it. When you make plans for your home, we make plans for this church, even to take down a tree, who do we have to submit those plans to? The city. We have any government workers here? I don't see anybody raising their hands. There's, there's some good people that work in the government, some very good people. But isn't it amazing we have to submit all our plans to the government before we do any uh, structural changes to our church and to our homes? They have the last say. Do you really truly want God to have the last say on your plans? If you do, if you commit those plans to God, Roll them his way. He said he will make sure your plans succeed. I think about another example in the scripture, spiritual example. You remember Paul wanted to share the gospel. He had good plans, right, to go to, to Macedonia. He wanted to share the gospel. God told him to go into all the nations and, and share the good news and make disciples. You would think that would be a good plan, correct? Nothing wrong with that. Did, did he check in with God, though? Yes, he did. And God had the last say. He shut the door to Macedonia and opened it up. Actually, I believe it was to go to Bithynia. Got that in the reverse, to go to Bithynia. And he opened the doors to go to Macedonia. It was good intentions, but even in our spiritual things that we do, God wants us to bring those things to him in prayer. Remember, David wanted to do a good thing for God. He wanted to build a church. It's amazing how many pastors that uh, will go into debt all in the name of the Lord. They believe he will bless their plans to go 100 or $1 million or $5 million in debt. God, God will bless our plans. David wanted to build a magnificent temple for God. But he brought those plans to God. And what did God say? He had the final say. He said, no, you're not going to do it. But your son is going to build the temple. Remember when Joshua took over the reins from Moses. And uh, there was a tribe that tried to trick the Israelites and say they came from a faraway place because they knew Israel was demolishing every single nation in their path. And they came and made a deal with Joshua and said, we've come from far away. Look at the bread, it's stale. Look at our clothes. We're tired and worn out. They failed to bring this request to God and they got hoodwinked. They ended up becoming the slaves to the Israelites. But these are great men. David, Paul, Joshua took a simple thing. Some brought it to God in prayer and others did not. God wants you to bring your plans, your decisions to him. He's up there like the city. He wants, well, he wants your plans to succeed. Sometimes I wonder about the city. Okay, consider God in your plans. He has the final say. You want him to have the final say because he knows the beginning from the end. Secondly, 
When I think about commit your ways unto God, roll everything his way, he's then going to examine why you're asking for those plans to succeed. He's going to examine your motive. You want him to do that. After all, I'm glad when I say something, somebody misunderstands what I'm saying, but I'm telling God, you know the real motive of why I did what I did or said what I said to you. You know the real motives. Aren't you glad for that? The opposite is true also, that when we make a request from God, he understands our motive. Notice in verse 2 of Proverbs 16. People may be pure in their own eyes, their plans, their motives, what they're going to do. But the Lord examines your motives. The Holman Study Bible puts it this way. A man's ways may be pure, but the Lord evaluates the motive. I, I think about debt when we go and say, we want to buy a new and you can fill in the blank. We're believers. We're to be good stewards of God's resources that he's given us. We're going to talk about that a little bit in the next two weeks. How God wants to multiply your talent. How he is asking us to multiply our talents. We're going to talk about that next week. Remember, he gave uh, bags of silver, five bags of silver, two bags of silver, and one bag of silver. And he came back and he commended the servant for multiplying the five bags and the one that had two for multiplying. What we're going to discover is that multiplication is faithfulness. It's equated with faithfulness. So God's going to examine your plans for 2021, your spiritual plans, your plans for why you're going to fast and pray. Are you really even going to take it serious? I've been asking for at least a, a week and a half, God, what do you want me to do? Can I tell you, as of this split second, I, one little thing has popped in my mind. He's not necessarily asking you to fast from food for two, three weeks. I don't know what he's asking you to do, but do you care about his work advancing from this location? Are you going to pray for us? Are you going to pray that there'll be multiple baptisms like we had last month? Are you going to pray that people actually get saved, that people get jobs, and that, and that people, that there may be some miracles that take place in this place? Will you really truly pray? So God knows you're sitting there right now. He knows, okay, yeah, I know it's Tuesday, and, um, and I know some of you may not be able to be here because your absence didn't mean that you didn't want to be here, but he's going to examine your motive in the next 21 days. Are you taking this seriously? God, do I really want to see your kingdom on earth advance? And so think about your debt, business deals. In James chapter 4, God reminds us about this motive. Many of us ask God to bless some plans, but then he's looking at, why are you asking him to bless this relationship that you should not be in? This business relationship you should not be in? This gadget that you want that's going to take you away from God? If I got me a nice sailboat, what would I probably want to do on weekends? And if I wasn't preaching, that's where I'd probably be. So we have to be very careful to do what James reminds us in James chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. He said, in your planning, and your decision-making, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet 
but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. It's exactly what we've been talking about. Your decisions that you're making, you want God to bless them. You're not asking him to bless them. You're making them on your own. He wants you to come to him. And he said, when, and then when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. God, I promise you, if I win the lotto, you're the first person I'm going to think about. So, oh, God's going to bless those plans, isn't he? That's sort of a silly illustration to make the point that James is making. What are you asking God to do in your life? What is the motive you have? I recall a character in the Bible who was very worldly, Simon the sorcerer. And he practiced sort of black magic and, and tried to contact the dead. And supposedly he tricked a lot of people in thinking he could do that. And he made a lot of money in doing just that. He heard the gospel being preached and he received Christ as his savior. When he saw Peter and James and the apostles laying their hands on people and saw people visually respond in such a way that they knew he knew they received the Holy Spirit. Guess what he said to them, to, to, to Peter? We see when Simon in Acts chapter 8, 18 through 19, when he saw the Spirit was giving at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. His plan was, I really want to go around and I really want to help people. I want to see them receive the Holy Spirit. I really want to see miracles happen in the church. And so people begin to fake it and try to conjure it up themselves. That's not going to happen. God alone will make it happen. And he said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I'm laying my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Sounds like a good request, doesn't it? But God examined the motive of his heart. Even in worship, even in giving. Do you remember Cain and Abel, the two first boys on this planet? They, they came worshiping God. Hey, I'm glad you're in church today. I'm glad you're sitting there. You could be sitting there with your arms crossed and you, you might be saying, I can't wait till this is through. There's no telling what's going on in your mind right now. God wants to bless you in your mind, in your heart. Like Simon the sorcerer, remember, he wanted to ask God to bless him so he could use it for selfish reasons. And perhaps you're sitting there this morning and you're asking God to bless your plans, maybe for selfish reasons. How many want something to grow but for personal reasons? And so when I think about the worship of Cain and Abel, I think about him coming to church and, or outside and he's making his offering to God and Abel makes his offering to God and God rejects Cain's offering. Why? Why did he reject his offering? He was giving. Aren't you glad when the plate comes by, Pastor, that somebody put something in the plate or they gave something online or they gave something on the way out? You should be happy that someone gave. God, why are you upset with Cain? He gave with the wrong motive. 
There are some other reasons that I don't have time to go into at this very moment, but he gave for the wrong reasons. God examines your motives. James says you want something so that you can spend it on your own pleasure. By the way, the one motive he does bless, if you want your plans to succeed, how many want their plans to succeed? Amen? He said do this first, Matthew 6, 33. You are very familiar with this. Your motive should be to have the king and his kingdom in mind with all your plans. So if you commit your work, commit your marriage, commit your children unto God, commit your plans unto God, com commit what you purchase, even the home that you purchase and the car that you purchase. I want to use it for your glory. In our home, everything was at God's disposal. If he wanted to use it, it is his. I've even said that with a little bit of retirement that I have. I keep hoping God's not going to ask me to do that. But what happens if he knew that next week or five weeks from now or a year from now, he's coming in the clouds and he says, I, I want you to give this up and I want you to feed the poor somewhere. What happens if he asked you to do that? That's called radical living for Jesus. He could ask me to do that. My wife not might be around if I do that, but, but he could ask me to do that. I, I want to be willing, and I believe we are willing, to give up everything that is already God's. He said in Matthew 6, seek the kingdom, commit your ways, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. There it is. Commit your ways. Make sure you have the king and the kingdom in mind when you go to work, when you raise your family, when you go on vacation, when you're spending your money. Make sure you have the king and the king, kingdom of God in mind. I think about this a lot. Our church was blessed in 2020 tremendously. I promise you, if my plans were to get accolades for myself, then I do not believe what happened in 2020 would have happened. But our desire was to honor God, that there would be a place where the good news could go forth, where flesh could rub against flesh, and honor and worship God without fear. And God bless those plans. I had nothing to do with it, but he blessed those plans. He knew the desire of our hearts as we went forward to open up the doors. Well, think about it. You commit your ways unto God. Allow him to have the final say. Then, remember, when you commit those plans, he knows the desire of your heart. He knows why you want your business to grow, why he wa you want your family to grow, why you want your downline to grow, why we want a church to grow, why we want our salaries to grow. He knows that. And he said, if you'll commit that unto me, here's that key verse again, God guarantees the success of your plans. He will multiply your success. That is something you can take to the bank. That's not name it and claim it stuff. Let's look at it again. Commit your actions. Roll your actions. Our, our theme here at Victory Life Church is everywhere you go, every day of your life, and everything you do, 
Commit your ways unto God. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Commit to the Lord is not saying a prayer. Asking Jesus in your heart. By the way, that phrase actually is not found in the Bible. Those who call on the Lord shall be saved. Those who believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead shall be saved. And then they get their get out of hell free card and they go back to living life like they were living before. And you and me are scratching our heads going, how come there's no difference in their lives? We were sitting around the house yesterday and we were talking because my son, Kevin and Hannah, they also celebrated their sixth anniversary yesterday and now have another son. We've got three, three families now celebrating the same anniversary. And I said, Kevin, you know, when you came knocking on my door, and I had the privilege of leading him to Jesus Christ in my home. And then he came and lived with us. I have seen a radical change in his life. And then he married a bubble, a bundle of joy. And Hannah, who is sort of a preacher's daughter, he's in the ministry full time, spreading the gospel through EE all over the world. And I said, wow, I, I, I don't get to see that much anymore where someone literally prays the prayer and their life is radically changed. Commit your way to the Lord. He will change you. You don't. He does it. He begins to change the second you say, I believe. Save me, God. When you do that, he, he alone, the Holy Spirit will go to work on you. He will change your vocabulary. He'll change your thinking. He'll change the way you spend your money. He'll change your friends. He may change where you live. But if you commit those plans unto God, change will take place. Amen. Take up your cross and follow him. And that's exactly what will take place if you commit your plans for 2021. I know many of you have plans for 2021. You already have the whole year booked. What you're going to do, where are you going to go, how are you going to spend your money? I've still been praying about that bed that I want so bad. You know that one that kind of goes like this and kicks you up, that sleep number bed? I, I keep reading the sticker price, 8000 9000 saying Every time it lifts, it's a, another thousand. I want it. I really would love to have it, but, I, I, but, I, but I, I've told my wife. She knows this is true. She's sitting here. I said, okay, God, I, you know what? I want to get back to doing what I did when I first met you. I want to start asking you again and again. Do I need to spend my money on this? Now, if I go get it, you can't accuse me and say, you know, you're, you aren't right. You, you didn't do what the Lord told you. Don't go doing that because then you're being judgmental. <laughs> I might still get it. I might get his approval. But the bottom line is, I'm taking it to God. I'm committing it to him. You see, you and me are a full-time believer. That's what I want to communicate to every saint here this morning, so that your plans will succeed on your job, in your home, in your marriage, raising your kids. You see, if you want a good picture of this, what I'm asking, what God is asking you to be like, is found in, you just jot this down, this reference, 2 Timothy 2.4. It's not on the screen. Here's what God is helping us with. Soldiers or the military don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. The, Timothy, Paul saying this to Timothy. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. 
for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. You see, if I don't have and you don't have the king and the kingdom of God in mind with your plans, then you're getting all tangled back up in the world. I I have in some places forgot to go to God about how I or how we spend our money. You see, there is one area that I'm being vulnerable in and telling you I'm committing this year to doing a better job of saying, God, when we go to spend our money now, that's really yours Am I spending it properly? Now, we're not talking about buying a piece of bubble gum. We're talking about some good decisions that's going to cost us. It kind of reminds me that there's no off-duty doctor who sees someone that's sick and needs help. A police officer who sees a crime. A fireman that seeing a fire, they can't stop being that professional. And the believer being a Christian is full time. We, we don't take time out. Commit all your plans, all your actions. Roll them God's way and you will have success. Whatever you do, he said, he will establish your plans I want to go to my last point this morning. I'm skipping over a lot of stuff I'd like to tell you. But if you indeed let God have the last say in your plans and you allow him, God, the motive of my heart is to honor you. I really want to honor you with all my plans. It has been our theme our whole life. God, in everything I do, I want to live your way. Now, naturally, we fall short. It's his righteousness that he's given you and me that makes us acceptable in his sight. But it's he that gives you the appetite. I like what I heard on the radio the other day. He gives you the availability to sin, but he gives you the appetite to serve him. He gives you the appetite to serve him. And so if you do that, he said your plans will succeed. Even some plans as a believer that you make. Or an unbelief, or no, a believer plans that are for good and then plans that you might want to do something wrong. God said that commit our plans unto him and they'll succeed. He said, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Now, I want to give you a couple of illustrations of this that will hit home. I think of King David. I think of uh, J.W. and Megan, who are here today, and you all, many of you know him. They're here visiting with us. Our plan was, and this, is, this will make the scripture come true. Our plan was that he would become the future pastor of this church. That was our plan. We committed those plans unto God. We did it prayerfully, carefully, and we we're on our way for him to become the next pastor of VLC. Commit your ways unto God, and he said they will succeed. Man plans, we were planning in the spirit, we were planning, but God changed the plans. You see, that's why you bring your plans to God. He changed their hearts and he sent them 20 hours from us with our grandkids that we're not happy about. But we're happy for them because we saw God's hand in what we just said. We committed those plans unto God If we tried to work it out, it could have been disastrous. That was our plan. He he wasn't displeased with our plan, but we brought it to him. And then we brought the new plans to him. And then we brought plans to bring Jacob aboard. We didn't know if that was his plan. He already took one away. Maybe he'll take another away. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Man plans, but we commit those plans to God. David went to do something wrong. What? He's, a, he's, a, he's a saved person. How many times have you gone to do something wrong? Have you ever thought about how many times God has delivered you from your scheming plans? David is going to become the next king, was already anointed king. And uh, his band that he had gathered together were kind of like a, a, a free security for Nabal. And uh, they were hungry one day. So he sent some men to Nabal. And he said that, um, you know, we're hungry. Can you give us some food? We've been protecting your estate. And you haven't lost anything because we've been pro providing private security for your estate. Could you at least give us some victuals so I can feed my men? And he answered very rudely like a very ungodly, wicked man. Who are you? I don't know you. You're not getting a cotton-picking thing from us. David, anointed to be the next king. God knows the beginning from the end. He makes plans to go do something wrong. Man plans, but God directed Abigail. Yes, a young lady. Cut him off at the pass and said, my husband is a wicked man. I'm sorry. I apologize for what he said to you and your men. You're going to be the next king. I know it. God told us and told me. Here, here's all the vittles. Here's what David said in 1 Samuel 25, 26. He said, now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here's what David's reply was. He said, for I swear by the Lord, in 1 Samuel 25, the God of Israel, who has kept me, my plans, from hurting you. He was going to kill everyone, including her. That if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, return home in peace. I've heard what you said. You will not kill your husband. Do you see why you want to commit your plans unto God? He can even keep the believer from messing up or the believer who feels or that they've laid out the best laid plans, and, but yet God had other plans. I want to give one other example, and that is my friend Matt who gave me permission to share this. And Ava. I won't share all the whole story, but I will share one aspect of the story. He's making plans to marry Ava, which he did last year. And his business is thriving. And she's looking for work. And they're making plans to get married. COVID hits. He has an adult daycare. He leads people to Christ there. He uses his business for the glory of God. Many people have gotten saved from the ministry and his work that he has. COVID hits, nobody wants to come to his place at all. He's barely surviving. He's getting closer to the date to get married. What are they going to do? Everybody thinks he's got rocks in his head for getting married. And he has no plan, no good job, no paying job 
at all. He's getting ready to trade in his car. He's getting ready to get a bicycle. He was ready. He was determined. God's, we're, God, we're trusting you. We're committing our plans into you. This is the gal you gave me. This is the guy he gave her. We believe this is your will. We've dated properly. We've, we've honored you. We need you to intervene. Everybody thought they were out crazy for getting married. Almost everybody. They committed their plans to, to, to be married, in, and his business was going to take care of their marriage. Not a bad plan, right? God steps in. Man plans, but God directs steps. About four days, three, four days before he's about to get married, he has no paying job because his other job, his son-in-law is running what's left and he's, whatever's there, they're pay, trying to pay some bills. He lands a big, big fish. He got an interview from someone from our church. You got the interview, that's it. The rest is, is yours. He had to go through about six interviews. They were looking for an engineer. They're probably looking for a young, a young man from college. And Matt goes in. And Matt has the ability to, he has a mechanical mind to fix things and work things out and troubleshoot because he used to work for FPNL for many, about 15 years. The bottom line is about three days before he gets married, everyone thought nothing good was going to happen. And he lands this job with no major engineering degree at all. And an older gentleman, a young-looking gentleman, but an older gentleman, and he lands this three or four days before he gets married. Man plans. Now, I, I could have told you a lot more about the story, but it's just one example of someone, two. I actually gave you two examples of people in our church making plans if you will seek the kingdom of God, no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how bad it looks, your story should end up like Matt and Ava's. Because God says, I guarantee that if you seek my kingdom, I will provide for all your needs. He said he would do that. And even when you are praying and you're making plans to do things, which we all do, God may reroute your plans he may end those plans. He may give you a new plan. Like he did with J.W. and Megan, and he did with Victory Life Church, and he did with, with Jacob and Cheryl. He gave us some new plans. And you could probably give me some more examples, and I'd love to hear about those examples and have you come up on stage during our Making a Difference segment that we want to continue throughout 2021. We care about you. Jacob and I really love you guys, and we want, and God wants most of all, I believe I'm speaking on his behalf, he wants your plans to succeed for 2021. If you'll take them to him, if you'll commit them to him, he will make your plans succeed. Would you stand at this time? Remember, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, well, you don't have anyone in your corner. And you've heard enough of the gospel that if you will admit that you are a sinner and put your faith in Jesus Christ, he is God that became man, lived a perfect life, and took your punishment and my punishment on the cross for our rebellion against God. So admit that you're a sinner. Believe in the story that's not just a story, it's the truth. That God loved you so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will never perish. 
He'll give you the gift of everlasting life. And then just confess to him and commit to him your life. He will radically change your life if you will let him do that. We're going to continue worshiping God at this time. You're welcome to come forward to pray and begin praying and seeking God in prayer. I pray that we'll see many of you out here this Tuesday evening. And remember to think about, God, what is it that you want me to pray about? And what is it can, I can do to show you that I, I'm being intentional about this 20 days of fasting and prayer? Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.